0: You're listening to the City Hope Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Today, we we're finishing up this series, uh, Not Today, Satan, where we've been learning how to battle the devil. And you might say, well, why in the world would we talk about the devil? What's the point of talking about the devil? Here's the deal, and here's what we've talked about for the last two weeks. You have to know your spiritual enemy. If you don't know your enemy and you don't know your enemy's tactics, how are you going to defeat them? Like, you're in a war, and we've actually said this the past couple of weeks, that, like, some of us, I, I think there's some Christians out there who really don't believe that they're even in a war. <laughs> they just think that they're just kind of just living their life and everything's all good. Listen, every moment of every day, you're in a spiritual war. The, the, the enemy is attacking you. He's after you. He's after your family. He's after your friends. He's after your loved ones. He is after you. And so it's very important that we know who the enemy is, so that then we know how to fight him, so that we know what to do when he comes around. And so we, we talked, uh, the first week we talked about how the devil is not just uh, this, this, this little red guy with the little pitchfork, right? He, that, that's not who he is. He's, he's, he's this Lucifer who uh, fell from heaven and, and is now the dark ruler of the world. And so we, we talked about that. We also talked about how um, our battle is not against flesh and blood. That there's a lot of things in this world that happen that we think that we need to fight. That we just, we we need to go out and fight. No, that's not it. There's actually the spiritual realm of things that's happening. And we don't fight physically. Instead, we fight in the spiritual. In the last several weeks, we've talked about how to fight the spiritual. And the number one way that we fight is through the Word of God. That's why it's so important for you to have a Bible at home. It's why it's so important for you to be invested in the Word of God every single day. Because you can't fight the enemy without your sword. The sword of the Spirit is what the Word of God is. And so we've talked about that for the last several weeks. I just wanted to catch you up on that. In fact, uh, I I also wanted to tell you uh, a little bit more about what we've talked about. We've talked about how God is the God of light, but Satan is the prince of darkness. And, And we've just seen these things, how... Our God is the God of all truth, but the Bible calls Satan the father of lies. And so we've looked at these different things. In fact, I wanted to bring you 1 Peter chapter 5. uh, We'll get it up on the screen. Chapter 5, verse 8, it says this. It says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I want you to notice in this verse that the devil... Is compared to an animal from the cat family. <laughs> if you if you know me, I, I don't really like cats, <laughs> and, and so anyway, I just it's just a little funny thing. I'm like you guys. Some of you were writing that down, like, hmm, <laughs> no, that's not a note to take. But yeah, no, but, but anyway, I I I. I, I if you have cats, God bless you, but dogs are the way to go, <laughs> healing in Jesus' name. you know. <laughs> but, but, it, no, it, but in all seriousness, take a look at this verse. The devil is prowling around. He's after you. He's looking for someone to devour. Every moment of every day, he would love to devour your life. In fact, the devil's mission, according to Jesus, is to st- steal, kill, and destroy. That's why he's here. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. You know what that means? It means that he wants to steal your joy. The devil wants to kill your peace. The devil wants to destroy your contentment. He wants to attack your friendships. He wants to attack your finances. He wants to attack your reputation. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your relationship with God. He would love nothing more than to do those things. He wants to rob people of the blessings God has given them for their lives. And we've literally said, this is the last of the recap, but we've literally said every week that the devil hates you. And hate is a strong word, but it's the strongest word that we can use in church uh, to tell you how bad the devil hates you. He hates you. He does not want to see you succeed. He does not want you to have the blessings God has for you. And so we're learning how to fight against the evil one. If you missed The last couple of weeks, I'll give you a little recap. The first week, we said that Satan is the deceiver who attacks your mind with lies. Then, last week, we talked about how Satan is the accuser who attacks your heart with accusations. I think that was a pretty powerful message last week. I'd listen to that. But this week, we're talking about Satan is the destroyer who attacks your will with pride. We're going to talk about how Satan today is going to use pride to destroy your life. And uh, I, I wanted to bring this up because when we talk about pride and when we, we, when we talk about this topic, I used to always think that the devil would only attack you when you're weak. Anybody else ever think that? Like, like, I just thought that the devil would just attack when you're weak. He'd find your weakest moments and then he would just attack. But I also learned that he not only attacks when you're weak... But the devil likes to find your point of strength and strategically attack the point of strength in your life. I say that because some of you, you're in a season of life to where you're pretty comfortable. Some of you, you're sitting in this room today and you're saying, "I don't really have any worries right now. I'm, I'm, I'm okay where I'm at. I like my house. I like my relationships. I like everything around me. I'm okay. I don't really have any worries." Well. Can I just propose this to you this morning, that that might just be the time where you're the most vulnerable for an attack, is when you're comfortable, It's when you get comfortable. When you're least aware, in fact, somebody said this, I, I don't remember who said it, but they said when you're least aware, that's when you're the most vulnerable, and so I'm preaching a little bit of a different message today than, than the last couple weeks cuz the last couple of weeks I've been talking to people who maybe been down in the dumps a little bit and have having having attack from the devil. But I I want to talk to those of you here today who say you know what my life is kind of all right right now. And the devil I don't really feel like the devil's attacking uh, attacking me and I just want to make you aware that he's still after you. And he wants to find the best place in your life and take you down. And I've just learned that over this short course of life that I've had, <laughs> that the devil, will he doesn't just want to kick you when you're down, but he also wants to attack you when things are going well. <laughs> he would love nothing more than to just attack you when things are going well. So to show you that today, I want to take a look at an Old Testament story about a time when Satan actually poised this strategic attack against King David. And uh, I, I want you to notice in this story that the devil didn't attack David when David was discouraged. And I can tell you, there's plenty of times when David was discouraged. I mean, if you, if you read the life of David, you, you, you kind of see that there was, there was all kinds of ups and downs in his life. There was plenty of times that when David was in the valley that the devil really just could have kicked him while he was down. But that's not what the devil did. Instead, the devil attacked David at the height of his popularity. He attacked David when he was uh, honestly probably the most powerful that he would ever be. Now, if you don't know David's story, I want to fill you in to kind of get you caught up to where we are in his story. David was just this ordinary shepherd boy. He took care of his father's sheep, and uh, his people were uh, the the, the people of his country were at battle against the enemy country at the time, against the enemy army. And there was this guy. You probably remember this guy in Sunday school. This big giant named. Goliath. There we go. Some response today. You guys are awesome. Uh, it's go- Goliath, right? And so we, we had Goliath, and uh, there was, Goliath was this giant, and David was just this little shepherd boy. But David didn't understand why his army was afraid. David literally comes up. He says something like, Well, why are you afraid? God is on our side. And he literally goes out, remember, with his stones and his sling, and he kills the giant Goliath. And suddenly. Overnight, David comes from this little old shepherd boy to now he's a war hero. (laughs) Like everybody loves David. It would be like overnight you becoming a social media influencer or something like that. Like something going viral or whatever. It's like that's what happened. Picture that. That's exactly what happened to David. And so later on in David's story, he's actually anointed to be the king of Israel, and he arises to the height of his power. And David, actually, every time the Bible talks about when David would go to war, David had his mighty men, his his mighty men, and they would always come back victorious. David was a very popular guy. In fact, David was so popular. Imagine this with me the Bible writes that. David was so popular that women literally would write songs and sing them to him on the streets. Can you imagine that? Can you, can you, like, sometimes I'm just like, man, I'm really missing out. Like, Emily, my wife has never written a song about me and sang it. You know, like, like I miss it. I, I, I mean, that's that's how popular David was. That they would just literally they would they would sing about his strength and his glory, and his might and. uh you know, my wife's never done that for me, but you never know. Maybe today will be the... <laughs> Pray for me. Maybe today will be the day. But, uh, you know, but that's literally, that's how popular David was. I, I, people loved David. And at that very moment, at the height of his power, that's when it broke. That's when Satan attacked. That's when David stumbled. I want you to notice... It wasn't when he was at his weakest moment, like we all kind of think. No, he stumbled when he appeared his strongest because of his pride. Because of his pride. And that's what I want to show you today. In fact, uh, I, I, I'm going to bring you one story that maybe you're not too familiar of. Um, but if I would ask you this question today, if I interviewed people about the story of David and asked the question like, what is David's greatest sin? If I asked you that this morning, I would guarantee about 95% of you would probably say that David's greatest sin was his adultery with Bathsheba, that he had this lust problem. He, he, he literally went as far as murdering uh, the, this, this woman's husband so that he could be with her. And, and, and so many people would say, yeah, that's, that's, that's the problem. Like that, that would probably be the height. That would probably be the worst thing. That would be the greatest sin that David ever committed. I want to argue with you today that if we would take a step back from, both, from, from that situation and find the root of that sin, the root of that adultery, the root of that murder, I really do think that it all comes down to one word. And it's simply pride. You see, pride led to lust, which ultimately led to murder. And we're going to see that today in, in the story. And because of David's adultery, you actually see, if you, if you read the whole, I don't have time to read you the whole story, but because of David's adultery there, there's actually four people that die kind of indirectly because of that situation. But I want to bring you a different story because I don't think that's the only story that shows us his his pride problem. In fact, I think there's a better story because David actually had David's sin of pride went so much more than just this adultery that he committed. His sin of pride actually, and we're going to look at it today in scripture, came around this idea of how many people he could rule over. It came around this story where we're going to talk about David wants to take this census. And because of this pride, because of the pride in his mind of how many people can I rule over, God actually punishes the nation and there's actually, instead of just four people killed because of adultery, because of the census thing, you're going to see that 70,000 people are killed because of David's pride. And I tell you that because that's where the enemy often attacks us. David wasn't the only one who was subject to pride. <laughs> he wasn't the only one who, was, who, who, who deals with this stuff. We are the same way. And I just want to show you today that not, the devil doesn't just attack when we're weak, but he also attacks when we're proud. And So I want to show you that story, and I want to show you exactly how Satan attacked David. Take a look at it, 1 Chronicles 21. We're going to be in 1 Chronicles the rest of the time, so if you've got your Bibles, open it up to there. This is what it says. Satan rose up against Israel and incited King David to take a census of Israel. You say, well, that's not a lot of information. What in the world did Satan do? Well, Satan came to David when David was very confident. This was a time in David's life where he was very victorious. And the Bible literally says it he incited David to take a census. Again, you might say, well, well Satan Satan wasn't attacking David while he was down. David was at the top of his game. David was winning battles. He was strong, he was victorious. His Spotify playlist was, was like, "We are the champions." My friends, you know, like that's <laughs> that's who he was. He was he was very he was victorious. And at that time in his life, Satan comes to David and says, Hey, Sa- hey David, you're powerful, aren't hey, you're powerful, aren't you? You're pretty amazing, aren't you? <laughs> like you've conquered all these kingdoms. You've won all these wars. You're, you're pretty awesome. You've got all these people under your command. And, and Satan gives him this idea that, man, you should total those people up. What would happen if you, you, you should find out how strong and powerful you actually are. Like, you can't just guess about, it. like, this is, Satan is just planting these lies in David's mind. Like, you can't just guess. You should take a census. <laughs> you should find out how many people you rule over. And you say, well, Pastor Noah, what was wrong, what's wrong with taking a census? Well, it's not that the census is wrong. The census wasn't wrong, but can I tell you, it was the motive behind it that was wrong. So can I just preach to you today? Because there's some people out there who, they're not doing the wrong things, but the motive behind it is wrong. The the agenda behind it, I'm just telling you, motives matter to God. And you need to understand that this morning. David, he could have took it. Who cares about him taking a census? It was the motive behind it that God had a problem with. Taking a census isn't a bad thing. In fact, we see that even earlier than this, Moses used to take an annual census. But the motive behind Moses' census was a whole lot different. Moses, it, it, Moses used to take a census in every, every 20, uh, uh, well, uh, he used to take a census, I wrote this down just so I get it right for you. Moses took a census in every male 20 or over, he used to give a half shekel To them, It was actually something called atonement money or ransom money. And he would give them this this half shekel as a reminder that God had purchased them for their freedom. So this was actually a reminder of God's goodness for them. And so obviously a census isn't a bad thing. It was the motive behind it. I want you to see the difference between Moses' census and David's census. You see, Moses' census was all focused on God. God was glorified. But can I tell you in the other way... David, his census, was all about him. It was all about his glory and how many people he could rule over. I love today how the worship set really just matches where we are in this, in, in this story. And this was totally not intentional, by the way. I don't know how this came about. Maybe the Lord worked it out, everybody. Maybe he's just that good. But it's so interesting that we sing a song like the heart of worship, where we get our motives off of what we're doing up here, and we start to focus on what God is doing. And that's the difference. That's that's the difference we see in this story. Moses' census was focused on God, but David was all about himself. And because of that, the Bible literally talks about how it was disgusting in the eyes of God. Now, I want to slow down here for just a minute. And tell you, because this, this, this is a lot of content that I'm throwing at you uh, just, just right away. I want to tell you about my own kind of struggle, personal struggle with this idea of pride. You see, for, for so many years, and, and even honestly to this day, I kind of have this illusion that pride isn't a big deal to me. I just kind of like to think that, like, I, that's not who I am. I'm not a prideful guy. I don't like to be a prideful guy. Um, and, and so I, I, I've kind of lived under this illusion until, so just, just a few months ago, uh, we were at a church conference and it really came up, it, it, it like it, it, pride really smacked me in the face. Can I just say it like that? Cause we're at this big church conference. First of all, I'm like, wow, I can't believe that they can do all this stuff and whatever. But then I'm talking, I, I, I take some time and there's time to connect to people in between. And I'm talking to this one guy. And uh, he, he's talking about his church and, and where they are in their church. And uh, he was asking me questions, you know, you know, how old is your church? Of course, I'm being 23 years old, I'm not the typical pastor at a church conference, right? Everybody's like, oh, you must be the youth pastor. Or the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're, so you see pride, you know, because I'm like, I'm not no youth pastor. You know, like, see, I got I to gotta watch it there. And that's exactly what happened. The guy was just like, oh, you know, that, that's really, you know, when did, when did you launch your church? What, how, how was that? And, and he went back into this whole idea, oh, I remember those days. I remember when there were just a few families a part of the church. And I remember when we were portable or set up and tear down. And I, I remember when, when, when we used to run a little less than 100 people and, you know. But he, he, he went on to say, well, but man, God's got you, you know. God's got you in your little church, you know, and and when he said that, I was I, I, I was just like, he was telling he was telling tellin me about, you know, they they run just a, a little over 150 people, and they have multiple services and one day you'll get there is what he was telling me. One day you'll have multiple services and, and it's just all kinds of fun. And, and I'm just, you ever talk to somebody who just like, you don't even have to say a word, like they just talk. Like this was this guy. He was just like, he even asked me a question. Like I said, our church was three years old. That's the information that he has for me. And, and so he's just, he's just going and, and yeah. And, and, and he's like, you know, maybe I could set up a, a time with, with, with our pastor. You would probably learn a lot from our pastor and, you know, I think it could really help your little church. And all of a sudden, me on the inside, (laughs) I'm like... This pride, right, is building up. I'm like, you have no idea. We had three services at one point, and we, we're doing at the movies, and we got all these people coming to church. and We're more than just a few little families. And, and, like, and all of a sudden, I just want to, like, my census is bigger, right? <laughs> like, 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 my place is bigger. I've counted up all my people. And, and, and all of a sudden, I'm telling you, this pride creeps in. And here we are in the church world, right? I mean, like, I'm talking to you as a pastor. So I can't imagine what you go through every single day. I mean, how easy it is just to let that... What is happening? It's pride. It's pride. And can I tell you that Satan loves to attack you when you're full of pride. You see, I have to recognize, more often than not, that my role, my role around here, is not to just preach a good message or whatever, or to count how many people go to church here. My role is to point people to Jesus. That's it. That's it. But Satan wants to attack. He wants you to count up your people. And yeah, when, when I'm weak and vulnerable, yeah, Satan kind of attacks, but man, he uses it so much more. I'm at a good place. (laughs) When he can see that I'm full of pride. When he can see that, you know, let me tell you how big my church is. Let me tell you how many services we do and what our band looks like. You know, all that stuff. and, And can I tell you, it's disgusting. And it breaks the heart of God. And it's still an issue that I deal with. And it's an issue that I'm sure that you deal with in so many different aspects of your life. And in the same way, it was David's issue. It's what David went through. In fact, not only did David not only did David go through it, but everyone around him could actually see it. And that's why it's it's honestly so challenging to talk about this because some of you you're in this room right now and you're like, well, man. I am so glad my husband is listening to this message because he is just full of pride. And he just, Pastor Noah, you just need to slap him in his prideful face, you know? And it's, <laughs> and it's just like, but maybe, I mean, could it be that by you just thinking that, that you might be the prideful one? Maybe, maybe you need it too, but especially in this situation can i just tell you it's so difficult to look in the mirror when it comes to pride nobody likes to see it and it's so difficult to see it especially in yourself and we see that even in in david david really couldn't see it but his friends the, the, the people that were close to him could see it even joab one of his one of his friends is one of the a person that was very very loyal to david he was actually the commander of David's troops. He didn't even like David's idea. Take a look at what he says. He says, but Joab did not include Levi and Benjamin in the numbering. Joab is leaving people out on purpose because he doesn't like the thought, the idea behind this. It it says because the king's command, he says it was literally repulsive to him. This command was also evil in the sight of God. And so then we learn, so God punishes, Israel, and if you read through the rest of it, it's actually, you can read through it at home, it's a heartbreaking story about how 70,000 people died as a result of David's pride. So let me ask you this question, which was worse? Was David's adultery worse, or was David's pride worse? Because adultery is pretty bad, but when you really get to the root of the problem, isn't pride the cause of it? And when you think about your life, like you've got these little things going on that you, you know shouldn't be going on, and they're there, and you think, well, I could stop doing that anytime, but what's, what's the core issue to why you keep messing things up? Could it be that Satan is attacking you at your strongest moment at the place where you're prideful. You see, David thought that. David thought, you know what, I'm the king. I deserve to know everybody in this. I, I deserve to know who I rule over. And it's interesting that not uh, we, we we see these two stories about when he commits adultery and then w- when he commits a sin of pride. Here's what he said to Nathan when he committed adultery. He said this: David literally says. I've sinned against the Lord. David was sorry. He was, I, I've sinned against the Lord. That's when he committed adultery. But take a look at when he committed the sin of pride. He adds this, uh, this, this adverb or adjective in here. He says, I've sinned greatly by doing this. I've sinned greatly by doing this. And so you say, well, Pastor Noah, you haven't really had a lot of points today. If For you note takers, take this down. Here's your point for the day. You may never be more vulnerable than when you are full of pride. You're never more vulnerable than when you are full of pride. And some of you right now, you're vulnerable because you don't know that you're full of pride. Because pride creeps up on us. We don't just see it in the story of David, but we also see it uh, in a guy in the Old Testament named Uzziah. Uzziah was a great man in the Old Testament. Uzziah actually did something very cool. He was an an innovative person. He had this war idea where he would shoot these weapons from towers. (laughs) He was actually a really, he was a cool people. He was a cool person. He, He was very innovative. And because he came up with that idea, his fame really spread. He was very powerful. And then we see that his pride takes him out. Look at 2 Chronicles 26. But Uzziah, but after Uzziah became very powerful, his pride led to his downfall. Can I just tell you this morning that pride can and will lead you to your downfall if you're not careful? Can I tell you that pride can take you out of leadership? Pride can take away your credibility? Pride can take away your marriage. Pride can take away your intimacy. With God. Pride can cause you to lose friendships, pride can lose your credibility, and it can quite literally take you down. In fact, look at what scripture also says about pride in Proverbs 16: Pride precedes destruction, and an arrogant spirit appears before a fall. You say, well, Pastor Noah, how do we see that in the lives around us today? How how does it happen? How does it manifest in our lives? Well, here's how it manifests in your life. And if you could be just completely honest this morning, a lot of us, we say things like, you know what? When it comes to, when we think about different sins, when we think about different things that that, that, that we're not supposed to do, a lot of us say things like, well, I would never do that. You know what that is? It's pride, right? I'm better than that. I'd never do that. I'm so holy. I, you know what? I deserve that. Or maybe you say, well, I don't need anyone. I, 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 I've got this. I'm a self-made person. I've worked very hard at what I do. You know what that is? It's pride. When you say things like, well, I deserve this. I mean, I deserve to have this. I deserve all of this. I, like, like, well, you can't tell me what to do. You can't, I'm not going to ask for help. I'm not apologizing. When people say, well, that's not my fault. What are they really saying? They're full of pride. We see it everywhere. And I'm just telling you that you may never be more vulnerable than when you are full of pride. Do you know how God feels about proud people? Do you know what God says about the proud? In fact, James, the brother of Jesus, literally tells us what God thinks. He literally says, God opposes the proud. You know what the word opposes there is? It's a Greek word. Opposes is actually a military term that quite literally means a full army ready for battle. (laughs) Do you know that when you are proud, it's literally God is sending a full army ready for battle to take you down? I, I... it, not, not just that, but look, he, it says, God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Think about this. this, this the, it says he shows favor to the humble. So therefore, submit yourselves then to God. So on the other hand, God has this army against the proud. But what does he say about those of you who are humble? The Greek word here for submit is another military term, which literally means to rank under. So it means that when you submit, you're literally saying to God, God, you're my authority. Therefore, I'm going to rightfully take my place under you. You know what that means? Therefore, I'm going to rightfully trust you at your word. I'm going to trust in the things that you've said in scripture. I'm going to trust in the things that you've promised me. I'm going to just, even if I don't understand it right now, I'm going to rightfully submit under you. And then look at what he says. You say, well, how does, what does this have to do with the devil? Well, look at this. It says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You know what this scripture is telling us? It's quite literally telling us that once you submit to God, then you can resist the devil. You say, well, what has this whole series been about? The whole series, right, has been about getting rid of the devil, fighting our spiritual enemy. How do we do that? Well, we get humbled so that we submit ourselves to God, so that then we can resist the devil. You know, when you submit yourself to God, that's when then you have the right to tell the devil, "Devil, you have no place here. Not today. Not my house. Not my family. Not my church. <laughs> not, not, you, you, not today. Why?" Because I've submitted myself under the authority of who God is. And can I tell you, I'm so glad that Scripture promises that when we submit ourselves to God, it says that the devil will flee from you. You know why he does? He doesn't, the devil doesn't flee from you because you're strong. It's because you're submitted to somebody so much stronger. Your authority is from somebody so much stronger because the power of God is so much stronger. In fact, this, this verse goes on. It finishes out to say, well, it says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. You want to be lifted up? You're trying to search this world, trying to find how you can be lifted up Well, how about you submit yourself, humble yourself under the role that God has for you, and he will lift you up. Can I just tell you this morning that when it comes to God and Satan, there is no middle ground. (laughs) Like, I think a lot of people think that they live just kind of like in between, like they're not a bad person, but they're also not a good person, so they just kind of live in between. But can I tell you this morning that there is no middle ground? You don't just kind of love God. You don't just, huh, every once in a while, like, huh, I, I kind of follow Jesus, I sort of follow Jesus. Scripture literally says that friendship with the world is hatred towards God. That's why we submit. That's why we voluntarily rank under God. Then when we are submitted to God, then we have the ability to resist the devil, and he flees from us. Can I tell you that you are never more vulnerable than when you're full of pride? Because when you're proud... You're essentially declaring your dependence on God. You know when you're proud? You know what you're literally saying to God? You're quite literally saying, God, I don't need you. I got this. But you know what? Humility is actually declaring our dependence on God. You know, humility is actually saying, God, I need you. Every moment, I need you. You know what, God? I need you to lead me. God, I need you to guide me. God, I'm not going to be so proud to think that I can just dictate my life. I'm not going to be so proud to just think that I can make these decisions on my own. No. Instead, I'm going to submit to you and I'm going to say, God, you can be, God, you are my strength when I am weak. I need you leading me, guiding me, and directing me. That's humility. And when we humble ourselves, can I tell you, that's when God will lift you up. And there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground when it comes between Jesus and the devil. And so I just want to leave you with this, and I, I apologize that this is kind of a more serious message than normal, but it definitely is because, I mean, when we talk about our spiritual enemy, when we talk about the devil, we need to know how to fight. And I'm telling you that if the devil's not kicking you while you're down, he wants to attack you at your proudest moment. And you say, well, why, why do you think that God opposes the proud? Well, it's very likely that it's because of all the way back to the beginning. If you remember, at the beginning of this series, I told you about Lucifer, who's actually the devil. Lucifer was an angel of God. He battled with this root sin of pride that ended up taking him down. In fact, if you, if you missed this a couple of weeks ago, we know that God created actually three archangels, Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. Lucifer was, the, was the, a beautiful angel, the Bible says. He was a worship leader. He became very full of pride, and Lucifer literally wanted to become like God. And that's when God cast him down and he, becomes, and he becomes what we know today as Satan. And you say, well, what was his biggest weakness? Well, actually the Bible tells us his, his biggest weakness is, in fact, there's five I wills in Isaiah chapter, uh, I, I believe it's Isaiah chapter 14, that he declares. This is, this is Satan's pride. This is why Satan is where he is today. Look at what, look at what he says. He said this. Satan literally said... I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself the most high. I wanted to show you that today, real quick, because I, I want you to see that the devil is and has always been about himself. It's about himself. I will. I will. I will. And in the same way that the devil has always been about himself, here's the good news for you today. That Jesus is all about the glory of God. I'm just telling you, you have a choice today. You have the choice to follow a person that is all about himself, a world, quite frankly, right? That's all about themselves, or you have the choice to follow Jesus, who was all about the glory of God. You know, Lucifer was all about my will, my will. Do you know, on the contrary, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night, the Bible literally paints a picture for us, the night before Jesus would go to the cross, Jesus goes to this garden to pray. The Bible literally paints a picture for us that Jesus was, Jesus knew what was to come. He knew that the cross was to come. Jesus was so stressed out about it that he was literally sweating drops of blood. Could you imagine the stress? Thinking that the sin of the whole world is going to be on your back the very next day, that very night. That's where Jesus was. Yet in the middle of where Jesus was... He didn't talk about himself. Instead, Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. And I'm telling you, that's the good God that we serve. A God that's not proud, (laughs) that's not prideful. Jesus didn't say, well, God, I don't think I want to do this anymore. (laughs) Like this is going to be too tough for me. No, he said, not my will, but yours be done. You know what he was saying? He's saying, it's not about me. It's about you. And in the same way, Satan wants you to model after him. In every decision that you make, Satan wants you to say, you know what? This is what I want. This is my will. I I want this. But when we honor and glorify God, we say things like, you know what, God? (laughs) I know that I've got these plans, but not my will. I'm not going to be so proud to just think I know what's going on. No, God, not my will, but yours be done. Can I just encourage you today that your humility isn't weakness. Instead, when you're humble, you have the strength of God. And I'm telling you, you're never weaker than when you're full of pride. And in the same way, you're never stronger than when you're dependent on God. Because when you submit yourself to God, God promises us to fill us with his presence. And when you're filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, you have the power to say to the devil, devil, I resist you. I resist you, evil one. You have no business here. You have no place here. Get behind me, Satan. You know why? Because I have the power of Christ that dwells in me. Can I tell you that we're in a spiritual battle and it's not if you're under attack, you are under attack today. And you say, well, how do I fight back? We've talked about it every week. We fight back. With the sword of the spirit. We fight back with the inspired word of God. And I'm begging you. The past three weeks. I'm begging you. If you haven't done this yet. Get into God's word. It's the only way. It's the only way. I'm telling you. God's word. (laughs) You will not be proud after you get in God's word. God's word will humble you. It will show you. Where you are in this world. I'm telling you. When Satan attacks you with pride, when Satan tries to tell you, you know what? You don't need any help. You've got this all on your own. When Satan tells you, oh, don't don't listen to what anybody else says. When Satan tells you, well, you 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 don't need anything else. You, you you don't need anyone else. You don't. When Satan tries to tell you, well, you don't need to come to church this morning, right? He he wants to tell you those things. When he says, make it all about you. Can you? You can respond by quoting scripture. And you know what scripture says? Scripture says, you know what? Scripture literally says, I will humble myself before the Lord and he will lift me up in due time. That's what scripture says. Scripture says, because I am called by your name, I will humble myself and pray. I will seek your face and you will hear me from heaven and you'll forgive my sin and heal this land. That's the type of stuff that scripture says. Scripture says, I, give, I will give thanks to the Lord because he is good his mercies are never ending scripture says you're my god and so earnestly i seek you i thirst for you my whole being longs for you scripture literally says not to but to your name be the glory you need to humble yourself get in god's word get in god's word you'll find it because when you voluntarily submit yourself to god I'm telling you, you have the king of kings, the Lord of lords, that's on your side. The Bible literally tells us that our God is, is the God from the beginning to the end. He's the soon returning king. He's my savior, my friend, my rock. That's what scripture says. And I'm just encouraging you. You know what? These, side note, these past three weeks have not been about the devil at all. These past three weeks has been to get you to understand how important Scripture is in your life. I hope you understand that. I hope you understand that the only way that you can battle all of these things that we've talked about is through the Word of God. Because the devil is the father of lies, (laughs) but we have the book of truth in our hand, everybody. So I'd love nothing more than for you to just jump into Scripture, submit yourself to God, and the enemy will flee. Can I pray for you this morning? Father, I thank you for the example that we see in your word. Father, I'm thankful that we don't only see examples in your word that are just all about how people do the right things all the time. But Father, I'm thankful that there's stories in here like David where we can see that, you know what? Sometimes we make the wrong decisions. Sometimes we can be too proud. And so, Father, today... Thank you for that example. Father, I pray that you would touch our hearts right now. Father, I pray that if there's any person in this room that is prideful, (laughs) which is all of us, Lord, I, 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 I pray that you would just begin to take that pride away. Father, I pray that you would just begin to help us humble ourselves. Lord, humble ourselves. Help us to submit to you. Because, Father, for far too long, so many of us, we've been fighting on our own. We've been trying to resist the devil on our own. But, Father, we can't do it anymore. So, Lord, we need you. We need the power of your Holy Spirit to come into our hearts, Lord. Lord, we need your word to help us stand strong against the enemy. Lord, we love you. Father, I thank you that you're touching people right now. Lord, you know every situation. Father, we give ourselves to you today. We thank you in Jesus' name. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this room today and you say, I've never given my life to Jesus, today's the day for you. What are you waiting on? Today can be the day. Can I tell you that I I talked about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, that very night he would go to the cross to pay the punishment for your sins, for every wrong thing that you've ever done. Jesus would go to the cross, take stripes upon his back, would die the worst death anyone would ever experience in this life, and he would do that for you. And so today might be your day to humble yourself, And today might be your day to decide, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to stop being so proud in what I've built on this earth. Instead, I'm going to submit to God. I'm going to submit to Jesus and I'm going to give him everything that I have. And I'm telling you today that this morning, you're starting a process in your life that you'll never, never forget. And today that can be you. That can be your opportunity just to submit your life over to Jesus. If that's you in this room, we're going to pray a very simple prayer. In fact, church, because we all believe this, would you repeat this after me? Say this, say, Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this in me and say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. Would you give it up for all the people who prayed that prayer today?